Hi, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile. And I know it's hard to believe Mint can be any good for just $15 a month. So let's ask Wasim Iknabi, one of Mint's first customers, if he has any issues with Mint. No, the service has been great. And under my ownership, it's going to get even better. How? No clue. Still $15 a month though, right? Yep. To learn more and see our logo, go to mintmobile.com slash Spotify. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Lightning Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the UFC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. It's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is the sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming now, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. We ready to drop this thing? Uh, Houston, uh, we are uh, ready. Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. Atomic batteries to power. Four. Prepare for warp speed. Turbines to speed. Three. Standby transwarp drive. Two. Roger. Ready to move up. On my mark. One. Let's go. This is the Low Down Sports Show with Drew. Yes, sir. And BJ. Let's get at it. And it starts now. Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of the Lowdown Sports Show. I am your host, Drew. And I'm BJ. And we are here to get the lowdown on all things basketball. We have a guest with us this time around, Mr. Chris Henderson, a.k.a. C. Hendo, media personality, covers the NBA, WNBA and the MLB and does some gaming coverage as well. Partnered with Got Bars and the DTD Company, one of the hosts of Most Sports Talk, Mr. C. Hendo. What's up, my brother? Man, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. That was a good intro, man. I felt like I was going to the Hall of Fame, man. I, I almost hey. up and down, man. I, man, I almost ran, I almost ran out the damn room for a second. I said, "They talking about me?" Is that it? But nah, man, I'm well, happy to be here. When you man. do as much as you've done, you deserve an intro like that, my friend. Man, you know, just like I tell everybody, man, I enjoy what I do. I love what I do, and you know, I tell people the working thing. Everybody's working, like Drew, you know, BJ. Y'all doing y'all thing out here, man. Y'all, I see you guys all the time doing stuff, man. I'm just happy for everybody out there. Shout out to my guy Swish down there. I see you, Swish. Appreciate you hopping on with us, my brother. And you're actually our first technical like media guest. I don't know if you, I don't know if Bobby Corolla would count as a media guest, but you're. Technically our first in that regard, so definitely already hitting some milestones, and we already know you're killing it out there, brother. Nah, man, I think Bobby, Bobby's a – he's a Maverick staple, man. Bobby Bobby is – he's a part of the Mavericks, man. One time for my guy Bobby, man. Bobby can't love that dude. Most definitely. And we'll get into those <laughs> Mavericks here pretty soon. But I want to kick things off talking about you. Just want to get an introduction. You know, some people know you, some people don't. So want to just get an introduction into who Chris Henderson is – how he got into all things media that he does right now and the gaming aspect. And I recently noticed that you stream as well. What made you, when you started, you know, looking towards a career path, what, what made you say that, you know, this is the route that I want to go? Well, for me, I mean, it's, it's funny because I didn't want to do it. And it's, it's funny. It sounds crazy now, but like, you know, 
being a diehard Mavericks fan, you know, Cowboys fan, the local teams and Rangers and stuff. I, I remember when the Cowboys got Terrell Owens and um, I went to an event. And me and T.O. became friends because of this reason. We're sitting there at this bowling event. And I'm just talking football with this guy. And this is T.O. at his prime. Like, this is the man, right? And T.O. looks at me and says, man, you ever, you ever thought about, like, being a media guy? And I was like, nah. Because I, I never particularly wanted to be one because I'm not controversial. Like, that's always been my thing. And, you know, he says, no, you're good at this, man, because you, you like stuff that we like. You like sneakers. You like gaming. You like all these things. And players are going to like you for that reason. And I was like, eh, well, no big deal. And, you know, podcasts weren't a thing during that time, right? You just had your little websites you would do and stuff, and you would go from there, and, you know, video interviews were sort of a nominee, let's get you on TV. And, um, you know, I ran to this guy named Byron uh, Moden, who's the who's pretty much the host of Most Sports Talk. You know, he was starting up his show and stuff. It was already on the ground running, and they were looking for somebody that had sort of that personality to go talk to players that wasn't afraid. Because one thing I've never been afraid of players, right? You know, saying so like talking right. to T.O. Dirk, you know, yeah. eating Dirk and talking to Dirk and these guys and stuff. And I just look at them as regular human beings, where some people will freak out. And yeah. uh, Byron was like, "Man, you got to come to the show." So we were at a um, Dallas Cowboys autograph signing. That Tony Romo's there, Jason Witten is there, and I just started talking to him. Like they were just like talking back. We were talking about all kind of stuff. And he's like, "I need you to come on the show." And I jumped on his show, and it was Patrick Creighton there at the time. He was on the Cowboys, and we were just <laughs> chopping it up. And next thing you know, I ended up on the show. Now, the media thing became interesting because it was hard to get guests on the show. You guys know it's hard to get athletes to come on shows and do things yeah, like yeah. that. And um, I said, man, we got to find a way to get to athletes. And the only way to do that is cover games. Well, we already had one strike against us because, you know, we, we weren't a major outlet. And we didn't have any sort of clout on the wall and things like that. And I had to figure out ways, so I found somebody with the Texas Legends, and um, you know, they were like, "Yeah, you come in and you can cover this team," and blah blah blah. And one day, I ran into Donnie Nelson, and that may have been the moment I was scared. I, I went up to Donnie, and said, "Blah blah blah, I appreciate you guys having me out here." Blah blah blah, and he says, "Have you ever covered a Mavericks game?" And I was like, "Never. I would love to." He says, "Take my card, call me Monday morning. I'm gonna get you in touch with this lady named Sarah." Um, you know, Sarah Melton at the time was a PR uh, for the Mavericks. And um, I called him Lily Monday morning. That Monday morning, Sarah reached out and she was like, well, you know, if Donnie co-signs for you, we got to put you in there. What game do you want to cover? I look at the schedule. First game I see is Steve Nash and Phoenix. I was like, I got to hey. cover that game. I said, it's a dream, <laughs> right? And Heck I yeah. the game, start covering the games. And I embarrassed myself the first game because – you know, Sean Marion made fun of me because I had this big baggy suit on, man. I, I, I was out of it. Like, man, considering now people who know me very well or see me in the public light, they would laugh at the fact that I was having a suit on like that. And I looked uncomfortable. And I tried to be too sporty about it and stuff. And I remember, like, Steve Nash kind of told me to calm down and just be myself because I was just so nervous, like, trying to interview him. And Sean Marion said, man, don't you like shoes? You like anything like music? I was like, yeah. He said, why don't you talk about that? We talk about basketball all day, and I was all right. So I switched it up, and then the next game was a Chicago game. Derrick Rose was a rookie at the time, I believe, or just I don't know. Yeah, he was literally a rookie at the time. And uh, wow. yeah, man, from there on forward, start covering the NBA. And Sarah and them, they kept bringing me back, and you know the players liked me on the Mavericks side because I I got real close with a lot of the players. You know, Mark reached out to me and stuff, and then of course we get into the championship year. That's when it really 
ramped up for me. And, um, you know, got real close to that team. I think one player on the team, you know, that I really got close to was Brian Cardinal. Brian Cardinal was a good guy, man. You know, he, he the custodian, man, he was he was real cool. And he always wanted to talk. We're in a loss. He wanted to talk. Deshaun Stevenson was a great guy. You know, Dirk is Dirk. Dirk is an amazing person, man. And Tyson Chandler, we became cool. And Jason Kidd, who's now the coach of the team, we built this relationship. I got cool with him. Because all me and Jason used to talk about was kicks. You know, this guy, was he had his own Nike shoe. So, for me, that was heaven. Had his own Nike shoe. He was on NBA Live you know, video games and stuff. He was he was a video game guy at the time, and he was a rapper. A lot of people don't know that Jace Kid was a rapper at one time. So we used to joke about that stuff, and, man, it just went up from there. And then, you know, other players across the league I got real close to. So, you know, the media thing for me, it started off as an accident. I tell people all the time, like, you never know. I tell these people all the time on social media, you know, I get in their DMs, I say, man, you talk so much about the sports on Twitter, you need to start a podcast. You need to get on the website, man, because – your voice can be heard. And they'll say, well, people don't like it. It's not about who likes it. People are going to listen to you whether they like you or not. You know, it's all about just pushing it forward and, you know, doing that. Like, when I see Drew at these games, man, Drew is passionate about, you know, the W. He's passionate about the NBA. He's passionate about football. He's passionate about all the sports that he covers, man. But he does a good job because he relates. Yes, sir. And, and he understands the – he understands that at the end of the day, these players, man, these athletes, they're human, y'all. And I tell people that all the time. Like, people say, well, you're too cool with them. I said, well, it's not being cool with them. The thing is this. If I go to them in the locker room and say, hey, man, what happened last night at the game? How many times y'all think they got asked that? And I never forget one time, man, Dirk is one of the nicest guys ever. Dirk answered the same question 800 times just to do it. And I remember one time, like, they had a bad game. And I just looked down and I saw Dirk with some Jordan 13s. I said, Dirk, man, what you doing with those Jordan 13s? He was like, man, I'm glad somebody else asked me something besides basketball for once. And everybody just sort of looked. And, you know, just that moment right there it sort of gave me a reassurance, like, maybe I am meant to do this, man, and I love it, man. So, yes, media has brought me here, you know, with the gaming and stuff. Gaming has always been in my life, and, you know, sneakers is probably the most thing that a lot of people know me for is kicks, which I try to stay low-key about it, but a lot of people know me for shoes, and I think that's what sort of gets people to relate to me more because I'm known as a sneaker guy. I don't know why, but I'm known as a sneaker guy. Definitely something that, um, you know, you think about when you hear C. Hendo, because I think that was some of the first content, you know, I was seeing from you, like, it was big into to sneakers, and, you know, how, how did that come about? Have you just always been a fan of nice pairs of shoes, and, you know, it just kind of elevated once you got, you know, into the media world, and you was like, let me do something creative. Let's Let's talk about shoes with these players. Yeah, man, the shoe thing was just, you know <sighs> – it's always been there, man. It's a part of the culture. Like, when you think about basketball, besides scoring a basketball and making the highlight plays, you look at people's shoes. That's what I always looked at. You know, Michael Jordan, his biggest – the biggest mistake about Michael Jordan outside being great was the shoes. You know, the shoes made people think that he could actually fly. Like, you know, when you think about the right. shoe culture, man, it's always been around. And, you know, I worked with Sneaker Watch as well. So, like, Sneaker Watch was a huge platform for sneakers. This is before Complex came around. A lot of those were sneaker channels now, but Sneaker Watch was huge. So, you know, um, they wanted me to use my content because they knew I had access. A lot of people just don't have access to talk about these things. Like, there's so many people that could do what I do, and I think they could do it better, but they just don't have the opportunity, which is unfortunate. But the game is changing now. So, yeah, sneakers has always been there, man, and it's a, it's a common thing because players relate. They're just like us, man. They get on the – how many big-time athletes go on sneakers out? And I get a text on Saturday morning, I hate this, hate this app. And they're Nike athletes, so imagine that. 
Right. And athletes, you know, they talk about the, the shoe games and same thing with gaming. And, you know, a lot of athletes, you know, they stream themselves. So, you know, there's just other, other avenues to be able to talk with athletes about. And there's a question in the chat, and it's a good one. Uh, posed from Lamar, uh, best shoe game, DeMar DeRozan or P.J. Tucker? See, it's two different ways on those two. And, man, I'm probably going to get killed by one or the other for saying it. If I had to pick personally, <laughs> if I had to pick personally, I'm going DeMar. And I know PJ is popular because you because you see you see PJ you see him with all the rare kicks. I mean, look, man, when you got the money to do that, you could do that. But when you know Demar Derozan was in his zenith, especially his early Toronto years, go look at Nice Kicks. Nice Kicks did an episode with him um, on YouTube. One of my guys, George Kill, was on there. Man, I've been there before. I've seen it myself. His collection was crazy. All the Georges you could think of. And DeMar's a Kobe guy now. So, you know, he's a Kobe signature athlete for Nike. So he wears a lot of Kobe's. That's all he wears, Kobe P's and stuff. He has his own personal. Whereas, like, PJ's going to show, hey, man, I got these, you know, red October. I'm going to wear in the game. Or I can wear this shoe in the game. He wears a lot of, like, crazy rare shoes. I mean, but for me personally, PJ, because, look, when you got the money, you can do it. I would take DeMar because, man, DeMar was one of the guys, like, when I came in, he was young and he was really doing it. He was really, like, out there wearing stuff that, like, you know, we call general releases, but, like, they were crazy. Thinking about wearing, like, foams or wearing, like, Jordan 16s when he was retro at the point. Yeah, so, you know, he was doing that, and his heat is crazy. But, yeah, I would take DeMar DeRozan personally. Now, PJ has a crazy collection. I would say he has the craziest now. He owns his own store, too, by the way, out there in Austin. So that's another thing as well. Yeah, you kind of almost – I was gonna say you kind of just uh, not not generally, but but uh, you got me uh, where I was gonna go with my next question. You've covered a lot of athletes, and you talk with them about uh, not just you know kicks and everything, but uh, your favorite athlete that you've covered and your favorite athlete that has the best shoe collection, or or what which athlete that you've talked to would you say has the best kicks collection? Yeah, see, that's gonna be a problem. Because the problem is this, so <laughs> is it like because they have the, is this because I can say LeBron James, right? Or I can say Michael Jordan because I've talked to Michael Jordan before. I've talked to LeBron, KD. These guys got yeah. heat, man. But if I could take somebody who doesn't have personally of what I've seen, I mean, there's a lot of guys, man. I would say um, PJ is obviously one. DeMar is another one. A sleeper, um, Rudy Gay before he signed with Puma at the time. Rudy Gay was crazy. Sneaker game was crazy, man. Like a lot of NBA people, Rudy Gay would tell you personally, Demar and PJ when they were in Toronto was stealing his shoes. That's what he would tell you. That's what he would tell you. Um, other than that, Langston Galloway is another guy. Um, you know, Tim Hardaway now is a good guy. I like. I like his. I like his collection. He's pretty, pretty low key with his. Um, Chris Paul, to me, has him and Melo are definitely in the top. I would say top five easily. And Devin Booker. It's a lot of, man, I, you know what? Now it's so crazy because everybody likes shoes. And low-key, man, mass fans, I'll tell you this. Don't let Dirk fool y'all. I know Dirk don't really show nothing. But Dirk used to walk around, man, especially the championship year with 13s, 11s. And it was like the crazy thing because nobody was looking at it at the time. And people don't re- remember his first game as an NBA player. He was wearing Jordan 13s. He had to get out of them because they didn't mold his shoe for Nike. True story. I did a video with him. We talked about that. They didn't mold his foot correctly in the shoe. So they mold their foots to make the shoe fit correctly for their foot. They didn't mold his shoe for Nike at the time correctly. So he had to wear a Jordan 13. 
And yeah, it was kind of crazy. They did all this work to it. They took the soul from it. They had to resold the shoe. Like it was crazy. So yeah, Dirk is another guy I like. I like him. He's he's pretty modest about it. He don't really care, but he's a he's a lifer at Nike. He got some heat though. But man, I it's so many guys. But if I could take one and I would do an interview with right now, uh NBA player, it gotta be tomorrow. I would say Langston Galloway. Langston, Langston goes beyond any other athlete. Like he got his own you know, Instagram page, LG kicks and stuff like that, man. So he's talking kicks, like for real. He's he's in the culture. Like he'll hit you up and be like, man, I ain't get this shoe. He's always on sneakers out. And this dude has his own <laughs> and by the way, he has his own shoe now. So like he has his own shoe for his own company, his own brand. Not not Nike, not Adidas on the but he has his own actual shoe company. So he he's there. So yeah, I would say Langston for sure, but yeah, it's it's too many guys. LeBron, KD, MJ. I mean, who go who's gonna be MJ? Like anybody who likes sneakers, you gotta like Jordans. Let's can you just hate Nike or hate Jordan brand? Like Michael Jordan's the sneaker guy. What shoe do yeah. I know? Michael Jordan complained that certain guys got a shoe that he don't have. That's a Jordan shoe, but Jordan got everything, man. Like, look, he got every retro you can think of. It's his shoe, <laughs> so his logos on right. shoes. So it's gotta be MJ. Yeah. And you know, you don't just cover basketball. You do baseball, like we talked about. Um, and you know, normally on this podcast, we do we we stick to basketball generally, but we got to get into some of what you do MLB wise. You know, you talk to a lot of different players and a lot of different teams. You're not just exclusive to the Texas Rangers. You talk to everybody, uh, and we don't often get to see what the MLB players are repping as far as like their fits and you know, especially their shoes, uh, unless they got some type of special cleats in the game. But what's the kick game like over there on the MLB side of things? And does anybody have any special cleats that they wear in the baseball games? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The baseball guys are crazy. Like, you got to, we got to understand one thing baseball guys make more money. So that means they're yeah. able to spend more money, do more money, have different things. And it's always there. But for me, like, um, you know, Mike Trout is like the signature athlete for Nike on baseball. He has his own shoe on baseball so Mike has been having his own cleat for a while um, now if you take guys like Tim Anderson in a few years if he continues with what he's doing he's going to be a superstar in baseball I mean he has everything that you want charismatic I mean he was wearing so think about this he had got some Kobe like some Kobe sixes he got them cleated he got them spiked for baseball basically he took off the sole off the bottom and got them spiked for baseball so they do stuff like that um, you know Trevor Story for the Rockies you know, pregame, I tell people all the time, if you ever want to see some heat, watch the baseball players pregame. When they go out there and warm up and run around, they're wearing they're, I'm talking about they're wearing retros, they're running around in dirty retros and like Kobe's and like this last series, man, my guy Nick um Logan Allen from the from the Indians, he's wearing Grinch six, Kobe Grinch sixes, right? And like he's running in dirt in them. I got a pair of Grinch sixes, I had to like fight for them. And like right now you go on StockX, they psh, Probably going for about 500, 600. He's running the dirt in them. So, you know, that's what they do. But, yeah, baseball players got heat, man. Like, you, you don't see it because they have to wear their stuff cleated. But you start to see more guys like Mookie Betts, Team Jordan. Obviously, David Price, Team Jordan. Um, you got a lot of guys that are Team Jordan now that are wearing Jordan cleats. Even not Team Jordan guys. My guy Jesse um, Chavez, pitcher for the Braves. He spikes all his shoes. Matter of fact, I got a pair that he gave me. He signed for me because I'm a sneaker guy. He... I interviewed him all the time about kicks. He was like, man, I got to give you a pair of my shoes signed. And um, he wore a pair of Jordan 11s when he was on the Rangers, um, a PE, and he signed it for me and everything and cleaved them, and he signed it for me. So, yeah, these baseball dudes are crazy, man. Like, they they want to spend the money. 
So it's different from basketball. I think basketball players are personally cheap. These MLB players, I don't know. <laughs> they, they totally different. I literally had to, like, I had bought a pair of Jordans one time. True story, I bought a pair of Jordan 1s. And um, I'm not going to name the player, but he basically, I remember, like, he was in the club I was talking about to shoot. And I was like, yeah, I got my pair. And he had just came in town to play the Rangers, right? And he's like, man, I need it. What size are they? It's like 11 and a half. He's like, oh, my God, that's my size. How much do you want for them? I was like, man, I'm not trying to sell the shoe. And if I did sell, I probably would sell it retail because I'm not, I've never been a retail guy. People who know me who I've sold some of my best shoes to, like, because they wanted them more than I did, they, um, they'll tell you, I probably would undersold them. And um, he was like, I'll give you $1,000 right now. And I was like, bro, this shoe probably go for like $300 resale. And I was like, nah, I, you know, I said, I'll do one better. You sell me a shoe, just give me a sign back or something like that. He said, I'll do one better. I'll give you a sign back, cleats, and a, and a ball. And I still pay you wow. $200 retail. So he did all that. I got all that stuff in my in my game room now, my little podcast room. And um, cool Thank story, because me and him got really close off of that. And um, he's, well, he's one of the good guys, man. But, yeah, they spend money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you know they got it like that. They're going to spend it. So. Yeah. I mean, it's a, you got more money to spend in, in Major League Baseball than any other sport. Nah, it's it's, it's yeah. crazy, man. Like, yeah, it's it's to the point, man. Like, I've seen some crazy stuff. Um, one of the guys that plays for the White Sox, um, he actually had a pair of Air Force Ones, white ones, right? You can get them for 70 bucks, right? 90 bucks. He put a diamond Dubray, so you know where the lace lock is at the at the tip of the shoes. He put a Dubray, a diamond Dubray. The diamond Dubray was worth $20,000 by itself. Wow. He got it customized wow. like that. Wow. Yeah. My goodness. You want to, since we're talking about baseball, before we move on, you want to give a quick World Series prediction? Yeah, man. Look, I I think it's going to be White Sox and Dodgers. I mean, not White Sox, I'm sorry, Astros and Dodgers. And look, man, I know people hate the Astros. (laughs) I know it's the, I know, but man, I got some, look, Alec, look, you talk about friends. Let me go get my garbage can. Hold on. Yeah, I know. I see. Look, I done heard it all. You know what's so bad about that, man? Because one of my good friends, Alex Bregman, he's on that Astros team. And I love Alex. Yeah. Alex is my guy. And, um, man, when that stuff happened, man, people start hitting me up. Oh, man, your boy cheating, blah, 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 this. Because people can't stand Alex already. He's actually the nice one. Wow. I thought it would be Altuve and certain guys. But he's super nice. Like, he he is, like, super nice. Alex Bregman was a nice guy. And I was like, man. He told me, he said, man, they come in this season on the mission. They're going to get back to the World Series and piss off everybody. And we, this will be the dream matchup. The white, I mean, the Astros versus the Dodgers because all that hate. Now, unfortunately, Kershaw may not be uh, obviously playing, but boy, it would be the dream matchup for everybody, right? And um, if I had to predict, man, the Astros are just crazy right now, man. They, that lineup with Alvarez, Bregman, Altuve, you just go down the list. Brantley, they got a squad. They got a squad, man. They hit. I want Dusty Baker to actually get a get a World Series ring, man. So yeah, I'm gonna say Astros. And I hate to say that as a diehard Rangers. Trust me, I do not want to say that as a Rangers <laughs> fan, but oh, I just think man, that they're yeah. just rolling right now. They beat the to me, they beat the best team. They beat the White Sox, and they beat them pretty fair. And I hate to yeah. say that too, because I thought the White Sox were going to win the World Series. So I was completely wrong about that. Well, I hope you're wrong. Honestly, I hope, I hope if it comes down to anybody, I'll let the Dodgers win it again. They went they went through the same misery we we went through with a back to back World Series loss. They got their ring eventually. Yeah. The Rangers will fall in line at some point, and 
I don't know, 10 years. Cause Whether it's in our lifetimes or not. But well, I'm not finna rant about the Rangers right now. I could. <laughs> I could. I really could. And we could be here for he a while. He could. But we both I'm could. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have mercy on Texas for right now. <laughs> but I do want to get into, you know, basketball. And that's part of what this episode is going to be. You know, obviously it's a basketball podcast. But, you know, we are around the Dallas Mavericks. That's our team. You know, we've covered the games. We've been at the same games before. Dallas Mavericks, Dallas Wings. And I'll get into – I'll toss some wings in later. Definitely got to do that. But as far as the Dallas Mavericks go, you know, you saw the results of the preseason game uh, yesterday, 68-point win. You know, nobody really puts too much stock in the preseason game. And, you know, we're kind of waiting for regular season a week from today. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, next Thursday on the 21st is when things start. And, uh, you know, just based on what the roster looks like right now, you know, what we kept, uh, the few things that we added, and, you know, the new coach and, you know, his staff, which one of those W players is on his staff. Shout out Christy Tolliver. See, uh, Hendo, my boy, Chris, I just want to see what you're thinking about the Mavs early on. Uh, is this going to be a better team than last year? Uh, is Luca looking like he's going to come away with an MVP this time? What do you got for me, my man? Man, I- I'll say this about the marriage. The number one thing that you would notice, you know, distinctly in the building is the culture, the atmosphere. Um, and, I- and it wasn't the greatest summer, right, to start off with because, you know, there's controversy <laughs> with that. Um, all this, the Bobby yeah. stuff, man, you – look, man, I – I hated it because the one thing I hate about everything on the Mavericks side is this. Somehow, someway, if you're good with anybody on the team, you work for the team. I heard this before, Drew. You know, BJ, you probably heard I get it all the time because people, look, people see me and Mark, and they, they think Mark is, like, paying me to, this cap person for them on, like, Twitter. I'm like, bro, I don't have any, like, ties to the Mavericks outside I cover the team, right? But, you know, the culture thing was the number one thing. Um you know, just knowing some of the players on the team, especially some of the top dogs, talking to them, it was a culture issue. Um, Rick Carlisle was an amazing coach, man. Like, let's not get it back. Rick Carlisle, is a, is a, he's one of the best coaches in the league, but he just didn't fit what this team needed. This team didn't need it. They didn't really need X's and O's. They needed a guy that can, like, look at Luke and say, you know what? Here's the keys, Luca. I don't have to be in your ear. You don't have to worry about the attitude, the sass. I'm going to let you be Luca, but also I need KP to be KP. I need, you know, Tim to be Tim. I need people to understand where they're at. Um, to me, most importantly, the whole Luca KP thing was overrated. I had said it before. People laughed at me on Twitter when all that stuff was happening the year of recall out, right? Well, KP, I said, those dudes don't hate each other, man. Y'all be surprised who's playing Fortnite and UFC on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 every night. You'd be surprised, right? <laughs> um, these guys, these these guys, these guys don't have nothing against each other. Is there some basketball issues? Yeah, but that was because of coaching. Um, KP to me, and I know Mavs fans aren't too high on this guy, but to me, what he went through last year as a player, having to sort of like dumb down a lot of things. And look, the effort wasn't there on defense, right? You could talk about his defense, but I felt like a lot of that was because it was sort of like a morale thing, man. He felt discouraged. Like, you, you take a guy who's capable of scoring 20 and 10 every night, and all of a sudden you're making him a spot-up three-point shooter and not even be a part of the offense half the time. It's pretty demoralizing for him. Like, he was told, hey, I'm going to be a part of I'm going to be the 1B or be the number two for sure with Luka, um, and he wasn't given that. And to me, I felt like that was the issue. But bringing Jason Kidd in, who's been 
more relevant to like I, I could say playing basketball in the more modern era. He understands these things. Like there's, I remember like two years ago when the Lakers came here, or maybe it was it was two years ago pre-COVID, literally the Kobe year, the first year of COVID. I was talking to Jason Kidd, of course. We were watching the video on my phone. I people, somebody, my guy Nick White took a picture we talked about this, and uh, yeah, and um, we were watching a video of Luca. Believe it or not, and yeah. he was just like, "This kid has got something different, man. If I ever got my hands on him as a as a coach, oh man, there's so many things I can channel in on him." And when he said it, you know, I just I, whatever, man. Jay's just talking shit, right? I'm thinking that in my head, and I know Jay's kid, great, you know. Outside of stuff that he's had in his past, I've never had an issue with Jason Kidd. He's been wonderful for, for, for me and my platform and different things. But Jason was talking about Luca and this sort of like, he's a prodigy. This boy got it, man. Like, this dude is around LeBron. So imagine Jason Kidd who's around LeBron every day during this time. He's like, man, I don't, you don't see this from a guy his age. He's, he's just this. Luca's this, man. He said, if Luca ever channels this, it's going to be over. The league is not going to be. He's already unstoppable now. Wait till he channels this. And you could tell a guy that sort of, he wanted redemption to get a coaching spot back. And, um, you know, I know there were some bad things that happened in Brooklyn and Milwaukee, but one thing Giannis sort of said, and I've asked players that played for him, they they, they loved it, even though the reports may not say that they wouldn't lie to me. They told me that they loved him, so I don't know how which way to go on that, but I felt like the culture was the issue with the Dallas Mavericks. And so for this season, to me, will they be better? Uh, we'll see. But I also think that they will be better from the chemistry part, like these guys are willing to, they play different. I mean, the offense is gonna be more. It's gonna be more passes. Not gonna be Luca dribble, dribble, dribble. And Luca can do that because it's Luca, man. Like Luca's one of the, to me personally, he's one of the five most talented players in the world. Period. I don't care what anybody says. I've asked players. I'm. I've been around Kevin Durant. I've been around all these dudes. They will tell you Luca's one of the five most talented players right now in the league, and it's not even close. There's some of y'all favorite players that are not not y'all, but people who who name these other guys and stuff. Nah, not even close. Luca's a problem. He's a problem in this league, and you know I think that with him, it's just more about he wanted to coach. You know he don't care about being coached. Like Luca was, he was he was coached tough, man. When he was over there at Real Madrid, man, he was coached by Igor and those guys. Like Igor, he's on his staff now, so that's familiarity there. He Luca can relate to Jason Kidd because Jason Kidd's more modern to the players. And by the way, he coached one of Luca's favorite players in LeBron James. So that relationship is there. So he understands that he may can get me somewhere that Rick couldn't do it. And I think Rick wasn't so much of, I don't want to say he wasn't a people person, but he may not be the most, you know, approachable guy when it comes to certain things. Like Rick is, he's smart. He's a genius, right? On the basketball side of things. But sometimes being a genius, you don't listen to other people. We remember the Phoenix game last year, right? I'm pretty sure people that's listening. Y'all remember this Phoenix game last year, right? When they um, had the situation where Luca basically cussing out everybody on the bench, when yeah. when they should have fouled Devin Booker, or whatever was yeah. that situation? Yeah. yeah, that's a Rick situation, right? That's a Rick situation. That's one of those things. And you know, I felt like a lot of times Rick doesn't listen. He didn't believe in playing Rick. I think Rick finally met his match. And I felt like when Luca came along, I knew that was the end of Rick Carlisle in Dallas. I just knew it would happen eventually because he finally met a guy or a kid that was that good where he couldn't sit him. Cause think about it, you know Rick's MO. He ain't playing no young dudes. In last case, he ain't nope. got no choice. He might suck. And, and he finally met the match. And Luca was the ultimate match. Luca's an all-timer, y'all. Like he's 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 all-time. I don't care what anybody, he's an all-timer in most aspects. He continues what he's doing. We're gonna be looking at the history books a little different in about 10 years. So, you know, he met his match. 
um, you know, like I said, and that was the Dennis Smith Jr. thing, which I tell people all the time. That's another thing. That story was already. Dennis and Luca were good friends. Everybody knows me and Dennis are pretty cool. I I remember when the Mavericks drafted Dennis Luca. I mean, Den- I mean Luca. Dennis was me and Dennis was actually in the car. There's a video. You go to my Twitter. I'm gonna post it later. We were in the car when they, when they, we were going to the media day for that for that for those draft him and Jalen Bronson. Dennis was so happy. He said, man, I remember, he said, I started watching film with this dude because they said, hey, man, we might actually get this guy. He said, this dude is amazing. I can't wait to play with him. And when he got traded, I interviewed him the day he got traded. And he ended up flying to New York. We were talking. We did a live video. And he was like, man, I have nothing against Luca. I love Luca. But he started thinking about it. What's the common denominator? If it ain't Luca, it ain't the team. It's one person. It's Rick. Something's going on with Rick. And I just think at the end of the day, man, they had to make the change. But I like the coaching staff. Um, Darrell Armstrong's a great guy. Sham guy, man, my guy forever, man. I love him, and he's a great guy. Igor's amazing. Um, my guy Pete, he's the X's and O guys on that team. He, They got a great coaching staff they're putting together. It's, it's a great coach right now. Like, I felt it at the press conference, man. I felt it media day. Like, you can feel some of the, the admiration from this team. They just feel like they want to play. Like, you can tell it's not a dead engine there. Like, Jason's over there talking to Luca, man. They they cheesing and smiling. And, they, and that can be a bad thing, right? Like, maybe he's too lax. But I also think that there's a comfort level. And you've seen it on the court. I mean, I know it's preseason, but he ain't beat nobody by no 70 in preseason. On accident. So, right. yes. Yeah. So, so, yeah, man, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be fine. I think that Mavs fans should be excited about this year. Um, KP is on a mission. Um, you know, KP's brother, Martin's Porzingis, man, good guy. He's at every Mavericks game. If you see him, you know who he is, right? Martin's just telling me, man, like, he wants to be here in Dallas. He loves Dallas. Um, he loves Luka. He loves everything about Dallas. I felt like the situation with Rick was a little weird, so maybe that wasn't a great relationship. But I think Jason Kidd, who, by the way, has some familiarity with KP, I think that's going to be the thing. If KP is doing – if KP is 5% or 10% better than what he was last year, this team is getting out the first round of the playoffs. Now, what they do after that, it all depends on who they matched up with. But we've seen them in history give the Lakers problems. Now, this is a new Lakers team, but they've always gave the Lakers problems. They've always right. gave the Lakers problems. So, like, I, I look, I'm sky's the limit for this Mavericks team, man. I know people weren't happy about the offseason, but you brought in guys like Reggie, Sterling, those are glue guys. You don't need – Kevin Durant said it best when I interviewed him about the Mavericks. If you got KP and Luka, you don't need too much after that because those dudes are so talented – you can just put good players around them, and they'll figure it out, and they can win. If you if guys know their role, like if Tim Hardaway is that 18-point-per-game guy, man, you got a good one there. You got a good one there. You got a good one yeah. there, and I'm glad Tim came back. Yeah. Is Kevin Durant the most famous athlete that you've ever interviewed? No, because Michael Jordan got a count, right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, okay. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like uh, Kevin now, Kevin Durant. Maybe, he, I'll say this: Kevin Durant's the more I the one. If I had to pick somebody who I could say who I talked to on on occasion, yeah, that's it's, it's him. It's not even close. It's not even close. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I saw that time when y'all had to when you put the video out with him. I don't know. That's been a minute now. Um, yeah, you know, some months at least. Yeah, he yeah, and he's a basketball nerd. Like, he's the guy who gave KP his nickname, the Unicorn, right? So, he's a basketball nerd. I remember, like, I was like, you know, when the Mavs drafted Luka, I was like, man, let me ask somebody who I can, how I know won't lie to me and say, oh, he ain't this and this. Because it was starting to play, like, I don't know if Luka's going to do this. As soon as I asked K- KD, man, he was like, man, Luka's the real deal, bro. 
He said, wait till y'all see him. He said, Mavs fans, yeah. y'all done got lucky again. He said, y'all had Dirk. Now y'all got Luka. How y'all even pull that off? <laughs> I think tanking helped. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, 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 that. And we understand, in, we, we may understand the international thing a little bit well. Shout out to Donnie Nelson and those guys for doing that all those years. But, yeah, this Luka thing. But I would say KD, but I, personally Michael Jordan, Mike Tyson, um, you name them. Mm-hmm. I don't even know because, like, it depends on who you think is considered the best. Like, Michael Jordan, obviously, because of the name. And that was just more like a media scrum. But if you're talking about one-on-one, it may be LeBron. LeBron. It's LeBron or KD. And now I'm going to throw Dirk in there because Dirk is a legend, man. Dirk is the most – I don't care what nobody say. Dirk is a legend in my book. So, yeah, I'm going to throw him in there too. Baseball, Ken Griffey. You name the players, man. This man's got a heck of a resume. What am I even doing in this room with you? No, I, mean, I don't feel really worried, man. Hey, man, man, over here talking about I talked to MJ, I talked to Braun, I talked to KD, I talked to King Griffey. Yeah. Don't like, let right, I hear you just talking to us. Just, I'm going to just man, sit here and humble you, myself. Hey, I, all I know is this, man. Some of the WNBA legends, and when I met them WNBA games and stuff, they called you by his name. That's all I got to hear. They, I'm at media day. This is Enrique's rookie year, right? We at media day. It's, it wasn't even that many people. I remember that. Drew was in there. I'm talking about every player. They over there having full-fledged 2020 conversations, ESPN 30 for 30 conversations with Drew. I'm like, what the hell is Drew talking about? Drew having a, a field day over there. Drew had Chris them all. And I said, gassing, bro. Man, Drew, Drew's the man, man. But, yeah, man, you like I said, you you get around, you get lucky with some of these guys. Like, I'm, I'm just lucky, man. Like, I tell people all the time, as a guy who loves sneakers and video games, I always try to be good to people. And that's just been my, my thing and – you know, I, my personality has always been very outgoing, and I love talking to people and relating to people on different things. It don't have to be just about gaming and sneakers. It could be music. It could be life, man, because we all go through things, and I'm just passionate about them things, and I want people to see these athletes for more than just, hey, man, they can, they can shoot a basketball, man. Like, you would never think that, like, you know, KP actually loves video games. KP is a huge – if you ever want to talk to KP, if you ever see him in public, start talking about UFC. That man loves UFC. The fighting, he loves USC. Like he's a diehard. You, if you ever want to have a conversation with KP, you would get him to talk an hour about UFC. I promise you that. He played the UFC video game, or what's his favorite game? Or do you know? Uh, FIFA. FIFA. He's a FIFA. Makes sense. FIFA. Maybe people love maybe a lot UFC. of FIFA. I think UFC, FIFA. Yeah, uh, I think he said UFC or FIFA. I did a video. He was talking about UFC or FIFA. Um, he tried to stay away from 2K. He was like, "Yeah, UFC. <laughs> yeah, it's toxic." Speaking of 2K, I guess I'll just go ahead and have a quick one. You know, what's it like as, you know, someone who's been covering the Mavs for so long uh, to see two Dallas Mavericks grace the cover of the same video game? Yeah, that was rough for me. I'm going to tell you all why, because there's a thing called embargo. Embargo in the gaming world is basically you can't say a damn word, right? You can't say a damn (laughs) word. Yeah. And you go back, and Drew is a witness to this, I'm pretty sure yeah. a couple people that's in here that follow me, they know this. I tweeted out, and I, I got in trouble for it. I, I didn't care. I was like, man, I don't care. I'm letting them know. Because everybody's trying to figure out why Dirk was in L.A. I said, hey, y'all know he, he's on 2K. Everybody, Nobody believed me. Of course, nobody would believe me when I actually tweeted that out. And I was like, you know he's going to be on 2K, and Luke's going to be on 2K. Everybody laughed at me. And I was like, no, I know this because I saw something. And one of my 2K guys, I won't give his name up. He works for the company. Um, he, he told me a year ago, you're going to love this 2K. And when he said that, I already knew what he meant. There's only one that he could have meant. 
because he couldn't tell me, hey, Luke's going to be the best player in the game. I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a given, right? Maybe, you know, if you don't name Kevin Durant or somebody like that. But when he said, you're going to love this 2K, I said, oh, Luke is on the cover. And then all of a sudden I thought about it, I said, wait a minute, who's doing the Legends edition? And he smiled. And I said, oh, I know they ain't got dirty on there. They ain't got dirt, y'all. Man, when I saw it, I, I almost started screaming. I was like, man, 2K has done dirt, dirt dirty all these years. And then they finally put them on the game and do them right, and they put them on the cover. And when I saw the cover, man, I was like, I want to show it so bad. And I just tweeted it out, and 2K people was like, you really tweeted that out? I said, I don't think they believe me. And the good thing was my comments were shredded. People was like, oh, he's lying. He don't know what he's talking about. So it, did, it didn't come across <laughs> as believable. But, boy, when they announced it, when it leaked out, I went back to air all 120 quotes and said, hey, was I wrong? And I had tweeted that out a month before all that happened. And everybody was like, ah, you're wrong. But it's, it's a blessing, man. Like, 2K is great. Um, shout out to them for doing that. Um, it was about time. It was about time for Dirk. Oh, Dirk yeah. is a legend. I mean, Luke was going to – I always knew Luke was going to be – Hey, if it wasn't – if the NBA Live would have worked out, he would have been on NBA Live the year before. Remember, he signed a deal with EA to do NBA Live, and it never That's went right. through. So he, it never went through. So he was going to be on – like, Luca was going to be on the video game. It was just about Dirk. And to me, they did Dirk right by putting him on Legend cover. And I thought what, what better way to do it was to put him on the cover with, you know, Kevin Durant and Kareem abdul three anomalies. Three seven-footers, and I know KD don't like being called seven-foot, but literally three seven-footers that are like unicorns. So, you know, I think it's pretty dope, and they all relate to each other. And the good thing about it is if you ask all three of those guys, they all think highly of each one, like each person. Like KD, if you guys know him, he's a huge Dirk fan. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I remember meeting Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Never interviewed, but meeting him. And he asked me why I was a fan. I told him Dallas. He's like, oh, you get a chance to watch that guy Dirk. That guy's a killer. That's exactly what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said. And I was like, oh, man, if Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said, hell, he may be the greatest player of all time. So, you know, it's pretty dope, man. But I'm glad NBA 2K did it. Hopefully, you know, there's no curse with 2K with that. I don't think it is. Uh, we ain't worried, I ain't worried about no curse because Giannis won a championship a year later or two years later after he got the, uh, the 2K cover. So, hey, man, maybe we got some good luck coming, <laughs> you know, with that as well. But I'm happy for Luka, yeah. man, more for Luka. Luka going to be on a lot more stuff, Mavs, man. So get ready. And. 2K almost, four four. <laughs> 2K almost yeah. had a four for four for me on this cover. It came out with my boy Dirk, check mark on the math side. Tossed in Luca. Oh, another check mark. Candace Parker. That's another check mark. If they'd have had LeBron, I would have I would have bought every edition of NBA 2K well, no matter well, if it was good, <laughs> bad, or indifferent. And, and you know, and you know the one thing about 2K is they're finally getting representation for the W, which I thought and I've always made and I've always made my complaints on that. I said, you got to do something. Um, I'm not going to say this, but I'm going to say this. Don't be surprised if you don't see a cover next year with the Houston Comets, meaning Cynthia Cooper, Cheryl Swoops, and Tina Thompson as representatives because I think it would be dope because, like, that story's yeah. never been – that story's been told many ways, but for a team to win that four championships, if I'm not mistaken, it was four, correct? Four straight championships, yeah, four five. Four, four, straight, yeah, four straight championships. We talking about one of the greatest dynasties of all time. And Cynthia Cooper, to, on my money, you know, I talk about Tarazi because I love Diana Tarazi. You know, I love, you know, I think she's probably the greatest WNBA player, but, you know, Cynthia Cooper may be the greatest WNBA player, women's player ever that nobody ever talks about. You know, so, yeah, we get there. I just hope they do right. Maybe if Enrique gets some wins out of the belt, she'll be on 2K. So we'll see. Man, we, we ain't even going to. 
We ain't gonna hop into this goat conversation. We gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna not put Tamika Catchings at the top of the totem pole. It's okay. Nah, y'all can have y'all opinions. Nah, she's she's nah, she top. Nah, she's nah. I got her in my top. I got her. I got her in my. T- if I did a, I did a top twenty basketball players list, she was number fifteen basketball players. Not just oh, me. Yeah. Basketball I mean, players. And and yeah. I will always make this case that she is arguably one of the best. They're arguably the best two-way player to ever touch the floor and the best defender to ever step on a hardwood. Facts. I mean, she's elite, elite. You ask an yeah. NBA player, I, I was in them gyms with her and Cappy. You know, they was they was busting down some of our favorite NBA players. For real. Oh, yeah, I guarantee it. And this is a perfect transition to get into some talk about the WNBA and uh, might as well hit what's going on right now. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to catch any of the WNBA finals so far, it's two games in, tied up. DT, Mercury got one. Candace Parker, the Sky got one win. Who do you have taken it all? Man, I'm stuck in a bad spot here, man. I'm going to tell you why. Because I'm a salty Dallas Wings fan, you know. And <laughs> Who is I don't it? <laughs> look, yeah, you know, like, look, I, I think she's a great player. But I hate to see a Dallas Wings player win a championship on my watch, a former player. So, Skyler. I love you, but I just don't want to see y'all win a ring, but, man. Wait, 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 hold on. The Sky have, like, three former wings on the team, though. Yeah, a, win, I know. a former I Dallas know, Wings know, player is going to win know, either but, way. <laughs> I know, but you got to think about this, though. Skylar is the most headlining player of all three of them, right? She's the most oh, headlining. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so the thing is, like, it will, it will be a slap in the Dallas Wings organization face, which may be a good thing. In most cases, yeah. with that, <laughs> that, hey, yo, you know, she went somewhere and won a ring. But, you know, I, it's a great series, uh, man. I mean, y'all see yeah. Sue out there doing a thing. Um, Candace Parker, man, you know, see, to me, CP, the, the real CP. You know, I call her the real CP. She's she's a legend, uh-huh. man. She's a legend. Um, what she's doing for her hometown, is it's unheard of. You rarely get somebody to go to their hometown, not a lame like a LeBron or somebody to win a championship in basketball. And I think that's that's going to be an amazing story for that. Um Maybe this – I'm not saying a curtain call for Diana Taurasi, man, but she wins the championship. She may retire, right? She may say, you know, I'm yeah. doing what I can do. Um, Brittany Griner is still doing her thing, man. Like, you know, Copper, she's there. Man, it's, this is tough for me, man, because I'm, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I, if I, at first, I was like, man, if Vegas can get right, they can win this. But, boy, mm, but I just – that play <laughs> – that play, man, Drew, you saw my DM. I was like, man, I just – when Diane Taurasi blocked her, I was like, oh, no. They got to make a change. I, I love this. So I know I'm going to get killed for saying it. But, man, like, I, I, I'm really heartbroken for Asia. Uh, Asia Wilson's one of my one of my favorite players, basketball in general, man. Like, she gave yeah. it her all. You can see her emotion. I mean, she literally fainted on the court, man. Like, she going to get her chance. She going through this storm right now. I think they need to make a change. But right now, if I had to pick a team to win the championship in this series time, we got game three. Oh, man. I'm going to say it's Phoenix, man. I, because, like, Ooh. it's just – And how many? I want Chicago to win. But to me, I just feel like well, every time we try to, like – and I know it sounds crazy, but people count out Diane Taurasi, right? They say, oh, she's getting a load of something weird. But you got Brittany Griner. You, you, scholars do. Scholars do one. Scholars do one. And boy, I can't wait to see the Twitter. I can't wait to see her tweets after she win one. Oh boy, the uh, Dallas Wings that tweet's going crazy. Yeah, so I, you know, like I said, I think it's gonna be down. I do want Chicago. I love Chicago. I like their squad. Uh, shout out to Diamond. Oh man, that's Diamond the Shields, man. Like I said, that relationship with me and her brother, Delano the Shields, in baseball. That's one of my mm-hmm. guys. You yeah. know, that whole family, great family. She's a great person. 
Um, but salute, salute. Look, man, I ain't never seen it. Look, I told I told somebody about a month ago. Clay Thompson is probably one of the best shooters I ever seen in my life. I'm about to read. I'm about to take that back. Take it back. The salute, man. Look, man. She course, she got it, man. Like, I seen it, Drew. You seen it in person? We've seen it in person, and I took it for granted. But this girl got it, man. So we gonna roll with that, man. I'm gonna roll with the um the Mercury, man. I hate to do it. How many? Man, my four or five. I think they. I think they finna clean. I hate to say it. Whoever wins tomorrow, they win. They clean it out. I feel that oh. way. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's gonna be in four. Say it's okay. four. Okay, yeah, I think it's, a, it's 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 yeah, man. I look, man. I really don't want them to win. I'm telling you, I don't want Phoenix to win because, boy, the Dallas Wings as a Dallas Wings fan, a person covering this team, you know, we're going to hear about this every year. Oh man, they had Scholar and they had Liz Cambage, and they couldn't win nothing with that. All these players. Yeah. I mean, look, Ariel got a championship. Ariel got a championship with Washington. You know what I'm saying? Like all yeah. this shit, man, is happening, man. Like, and these are all, bro. Yeah. If you put together the all-time wings roster from the last four or five years, it will be a dream team. Oh, yeah, that's Think an excellent team for sure. Oh yeah, perfect, perfect blue guys on the squad. You bring Jeez. like bring back a, a Glory Johnson, a Karima Christmas Kelly. Oh, Ariel, that's a nice, man, you talking that's a nice about, man. unit. AP, oh AP, no doubt. Man, oh, man. that'd be a nice man, squad. We... But uh, stop, yeah. Lamar. No, don't talk about Taylor Hill. Nah, if we bring him back, AP, we can't <laughs> have Taylor Hill as well. We can't make an all-time team. No cap. Nah. Uh, yeah. But Chris, you know we've we've had a lot of conversations at at Wings games as as we watch and and we analyze and we think about what this team could be and what they should do. You know, they finally made the playoffs after, you know, a two-year hiatus, and they got a pair of all-stars this year, you know, arguably a player or two that should have been all defensive. What's this team missing, and will they be back in the playoffs again next year? Man. You know, I mean, Enrique is Enrique. I think Marina, she's, she's underrated. That's baby Curry to me. Man, I'm going to tell you what. Her most underrated skill is her passing. That girl can pass. Man, I ain't look. She reminds me of a little bit. She's a mixture of Curry and Nash. She got a little Nash in her. She's got the little passing on her. Yeah, she's a little Nash. I like like her game, man. Um, You know, Satu, man, she's going to be legit. Uh, Man, I don't know, man, because the issue I got is this. I love Vicky, but I don't know. I just don't know. Like, at a point in time this year, I would like to have seen Chelsea Dungy play a little bit more. I never understood why yeah, she people have play. a lot of issues with how Vicky went about her rotations. Yeah, and like Chelsea. Chelsea is a great shooter. Man, I think she's young. If you're gonna yeah. go to young route, let them play. Let her. Let's figure out if she can actually play at this level. Right. So, in, in fairness, know. though, to VJ, and you know, this is probably the fairest I've been with VJ. Just. You know, they went like nine or ten deep throughout the season. And, you know, not not often do, you know, like teams stretch out to the 11th and 12th person on the bench to, you know, get consistent reps unless they're just blowing teams out. You know, like the, you know, the Seattle teams when they were winning championships recently. Like, actually, last year when Seattle whooped up on Dallas and, you know, there was that meme and that picture out there of them just sitting on the bench disinterested, like – 
you know, the game was far and away won a long time ago. Um, yeah. But the question I have is, like, when you think – and you talked about Vicky. Do you think that Brian Agler could have done the same thing that Vicky did with his team this year? No. Nah, um, no, nah, because Brian okay. sort of – Hold school. on. With that being said, though, that – that speaks to Vicky in a way, you know, you got an all time coach that, you know, couldn't get it together in those two years and saying now that even if he was coaching this team right now, he couldn't have brought them to the playoffs. So as much as we kind of get on Vicky's butt here, you know, I mean, she in a way exceeded expectations of year one, but you know, obviously the mistake was made going into the season with all these young players, like going into the draft, drafted all these young players. And yeah, I never thought that was the way from the jump. Like far before they even acquired the number one pick. Like you don't need to get all three of them. You don't need to take all no, three of those right. picks, trade it, and get a star. And you like said you know, like I said, you can't go twelve deep in the WNBA unless you're blowing teams away. Yeah, you you were one of those people that were saying that because I remember I was like, man, they drafted Charlie. I told everybody they drafted Charlie. I knew it. I said Charlie's gonna know. Everybody's like, oh, no way. And I'm like. Charging, we got to see how she turns out to be, right? Like, we got to really see what she's going to end up being. Um, you know, to me, I like Mariah. I think Mariah, you know, Mariah, you know, talking to some of the coaches, some of the people, she's sort of like that maybe unclosed bet, if, I, if that makes sense. She's like a bet on the team, so she's sort of been there, done that, that sort of thing. Um, I like her, but they need another bet. I like Kayla Thornton. Kayla plays hard. Kayla plays hard. I, that's what I love about her the most. She plays hard. Um, I, I will say this. To me, I want to see the next step that Alicia takes. Because to me, Alicia's like the Scottie Pippen of Scottie Pippins, if that makes sense. She's defensive. Okay. She don't She don't have to have the ball in her hand to be effective. She does everything. She's sort of like – I, I want to see what her progression is going forward because I think she's easily the defensive player. She could be the defensive player of the year, possibly. In the WNBA, okay. I I, okay. I like her. I like her game. I like how she sort of transitioned. Cause like for a minute there, it looked kind of bad, right? Like we was thinking, like man, Brian doing this to her. She was stuck on the bench somewhere. She wasn't. Now all right. of a sudden, Vicky sort of embraced her, and she's playing this role. But to me personally, and her, I, I love her to death. But this all comes down to one player, and it's Enrique. It's Enrique. We got to see – and Enrique is a star. She's a star in the making, man. Like, she got she got it. We know she got it, right? But those nights of the – when you go 2 of 16 shooting, 1 of 16. When the one night Drew Me was sitting there, it was like 1 of 19. And it's like, what else, can you, what, what else can you do when you can't score? What else can you do to make the team better? You see what I'm saying? Like, and, yeah. and that's where the issue comes in. And I think she's, she's going to get better. She's going to mature better. But I think this team could get better, but they got to get another vet. Um, I don't know. This last draft is sort of weird because I don't – looking at this season, I like Charlie. I like her, but I don't know, man. I feel like one thing about this Wings team, they're a little soft at the bigs. A little soft. Yep. Me and you sat there one game. We watched them. They were getting killed on the boards. Oof. And we talking about they had Charlie and I think they had Isabel at that one time together. I love both of them. But they were soft. We don't have that sort of like I, – I know it'd be impossible, but like a Sylvia Fowles type that'll get you there and be like, oh, that toughness, that vet, that vet, that real like tough vet, 
we get that I don't bad want to reach, but I think he's a free agent going into this offseason. Yeah, but you know, man, look, it's man, that's really... another. But but we got we got to we got to the GM has got to be accountable for that. We already yeah, know another story. It's, I'm it's, not gonna get into. It, it's really. I don't even know that it's even a possibility. Like it's not even worth looking into totally because I mean, unless she's just gonna pull a a money moan and you know late in the career make a jump to another team for you know whatever reason really. Uh, I think she might retire at length, to be honest. You know, as much as she would be just about the perfect fit <laughs> in would you, Dallas, would you, would you as trade, far as like what would, you need, I, I trade whatever you got. Whatever you got to do, well, almost. Hold on, ask the question. So, <laughs> if you're the Dallas Wings, let's just say you know, because I love Charlie. I love Charlie. I think I don't know too much about a walk. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing her name. No, I, I remember I said they're gonna draft her. I knew they were gonna draft her because she's sort of like a unicorn herself, right? And I was like, yeah. they're going to draft her. But let's just say the hypothetical where Minnesota says, you know what? We're just going to rebuild. Would you okay. make the trade? If you could trade Charlie, I'm pretty sure, because you're not getting a recap from them. I don't think, it, to me, I feel like there's three players in the wings that are pretty much untradeable. In this case, somehow it just comes down to, I think it's going to be Satu, Arika, and Alicia. I think those three are kind of like untradeable, right. depending on the situation. Yeah. Um, I think, and I think at this point, if you you would hate to have to get rid of somebody like Marina, I think Marina's a baller. But if it came down to getting Sylvia Fowles, you would probably have to make the move. You're going to give up something, and I think you get a so like, young bunch of like core players. Yeah, I think they do it. So like what a Charlie and a Marina. Yeah, maybe a they would have or something to, down the future. Yeah, um, it would probably be a yeah. Pick. I'm it'd pulling the trigger, pick. you know. I love Marina. I love her game and everything. But, I mean, when you can get a generational talent who can still play at a high level like Sylvia Fowles can, you know, she was top five in the MVP voting, one defensive player of the year. I mean, she's she can still play some good basketball. It was just a finals MVP and an MVP a few years ago. So, I mean, mm-hmm. what if you can do is get Sylvia Fowles that isn't, you know, selling the farm or, like, mortgaging your future for a, what, 34-year-old center? Then you do it. You do it. I mean, you need the veteran experience. You need the championship experience. She's a former MVP. She's at her – I mean, she's still at the top of her game defensively. I mean, whatever you can do to get her, uh, if, if it's possible to get her and she doesn't want to stay in Minnesota and she's got her options open, <laughs> trade them. No, nah, I mean, you got to make the move, man. Like, the wings got to yeah. make the moves, man. I think because to me, they, you know who they remind me of, and I hate to say this, they're like the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Just think about it. It sounds crazy, but it's realistic. Think about it. You've had all these talented players. You have nothing to show for it. And we're on that yeah. pace. Again, we're on that pace. Yeah. I know it sounds yeah. crazy, but we're on that pace. A team that don't and know the who problem, the coach is going to be. Yeah. A bigger problem with them is, you know, they keep getting all these young players. Like, yeah, these are good picks. Like, you know, you pick them. These are good players. They could be greater players going – down the line, but, like, you don't have to do this just to say that, like, you made these draft picks. Because, like, if you make some moves and shuffle around all these picks that you've had the past couple of seasons, I am sure you could have put some decent package together to get a star, a veteran star out here, you know? Like, there's no reason to keep drafting young, young players, like, Back to back to back years where you're getting you're you're drafting three rookies is is really unacceptable. And 
Obviously, I you see how cheating. it didn't pan out the first two years. I mean, you're cheating. They're cheating themselves. And like, you know, if you instead of drafting all these players, you know, just get a few of them, like in totality over a few years. Like you're losing, but you obviously you're a team that wants to get better fast, and like it's not really rebuilding out here in Dallas. Ever since you know they missed the playoffs the first time in 2019, they've been trying to get back. So like, it's not really rebuilding. You know, they're just. Greg's just not willing to give up those picks because, like, he's got them. He feels like he has the assets, but, you know, there's never a move made with him. Like, he, he acquired the number one pick last year, but he doesn't do anything with it to deal it to make his team better. Did they get – If could you call this team better than last year? Yes, they had two all-stars. They made the playoffs. Do they have an above 500 record this time around? No. <laughs> so, I mean <sighs> – you feel, you got better in certain areas, but like you're not in contention at all. No, you're not. And the thing is, once again, this sounds like the Oklahoma City Thunder. Greg Bibb is like yeah. Sam Presti almost. He does the exact same thing. I think the the Wings' way of doing things is we got all these young players. We don't have to pay them as much. They're cheap. They're good talent. Because my thing is this: you're gonna have to say something about a couple yeah. years to to Enrique. And my thing is this: yeah. if I'm Enrique. Rika has the potential to be a star talent, like star, star talent, that, that that tier one. If you're not bringing in the right talent for her, what does she say? Eventually, she's going to be like, I got to go because you're not putting yeah. any pieces there for me to yeah. win. And you got to – She's gotta, a winner. And she's a, like, she, like, man, one thing about Rika, she don't like losing. She's very competitive. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you want to talk about that Kobe gene? She got that Kobe gene in her. That's and that's oh, yeah. a good thing and a bad thing when it comes to certain things that you want in basketball, certain certain worlds, right? Like <laughs> she got she got it, but she, <laughs> we got to be careful, man. The Dallas Wings have to be careful. And look, you, you got Satu, you got you got her, you got Alicia. Like Alicia Gray to me, when we go back and look at that draft she was in, man, she's turned out to be something totally different. Than I thought she would be. She's a defensive. I, I think a jugger. That girl can play defense, man. That play she made for them to clinch the playoff spot, you don't play no better defense than that. And that's just that's just my opinion. But, like, Alicia, she's a team player. She's adjusted to three different coaches. And it's played. She went through the Aguilar thing where it seemed like she was not happy. You can sort of see it in her face. She's adjusting to this role. She plays hard. I think we're going to see, but you got to bring in a vet. Like, I don't know what you could do. Like, look, man, Chicago brought in Candace Parker. Right, yeah. like you got to bring in that vet. You got to bring in that vet, man. That like that Sylvia foul. I think Sylvia is the more obvious because she's a position of need. Her rebounding, her defense, her her grit, the toughness. We don't have that in that. We got a bunch. Look, I love the Wings. I love them, but we got a bunch of nice players. Drew, you know this personally, man. You there? Yeah. They're nice. Rike is the dog. Like Rike is a dog, but she's a small dog, right? Because she's not. You don't like your enforcers. Like who's the enforcer on the team? When you play against the Wings, if you can physically beat them inside the paint, there's no chance for them. We saw it. Me and Drew sat next to each other one game. I forgot what game it was, man, but they were getting killed on the boards. We were like, bro, they don't have anybody can rebound. They were getting killed. Like It was just like yeah, that team literally was just killing us in the on the boards, and they were getting abused in the paint. And you got to have that big dog there. And I think that, like, Sylvia, Sylvia, she fits everything. She's a champion. She going to get you over the hump. And to me, you bring her in right now. This team at least gets 
past the first round. They get in the second round easy. Maybe to the depending on how good Arike turns out in this offseason, how better she gets and Alicia gets better, and it's the two obviously gonna get better. Oh man, we talking about we talking about a team that can win the championship. I would be willing to overpay for Sylvia right now. I def oh yeah. I definitely think you plug in Sylvia Fowles, it's a similar situation to what the uh Chicago Sky are experiencing mm-hmm. with Candace Parker. I mean, it's yeah, going to be the exact same deal. type of deal. And, I mean, you got two young stars out there. I mean, you got a, you got young stars out there and you know, a veteran leader in Slude. It's going to be the exact same type of thing um, if Dallas, if you get that type of player out there to help them out. They just need that yeah, piece, yeah. and I've been, been waiting for them to acquire it for years. We'll see if it happens anytime soon. That would be fantastic. Make the move. Gray Bibb needs to Gray Bibb needs to get Greg, to make it happen. Greg, 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 we need Greg me, bro. to do something. He needs to do something, man. They, the, the wings need basketball people in the front office. Yeah, we've been talking, Greg. Get me up, put me on the staff. I got you, bro. <laughs> but now, Chris, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but on our show, we like to play a little game. No, not mm-hmm. like the saw, not like jigsaw. We don't play that type of game. You know, we don't want to play that game. I want to play a game. I would like to play a game. We do play a game, <laughs> though. It's called With It or Quit It here on The Lowdown. We've got five questions that we like to ask our guests. Technically four now because, one, I get uh, I put on halftime and have the halftimers answer it, and I'll let you know which one that is when we get to that question. Oh. Chris, you ready for your With It or Quit It questions? I'm ready. All right. These questions you tell us you tell us whether you're with it or if you're gonna quit it you're not with it and here we go starting off with number one the los angeles clippers struggle to make the nba playoffs in the western conference this season you with it with it with it quit okay there you go no indecisiveness there no not at all Think it's Paul just George because they one. don't have Kawhi? Well, I love Paul George, but if Paul George is your number one guy these days, look, he showed up in the playoffs, but I can't imagine Terrence Mann going for 35 points again on consecutive nights. Nah, I'm I'm nah. with that. All right. Quick and easy. Number two, Luka Doncic will go down as the greatest Dallas Maverick in franchise history. With it or quit it? With it. Love dirt, but we about an MVP in the championship away from that already being a question. <laughs> all right. That's all he really wow. needs. Yeah. And then yeah. statistically he could pass him in a lot of spots. I don't think he'll outscore what? him. He'd have to keep that up for a really long time. Like LeBron. You know, my name is this. Yeah, he, he's twenty two yeah, he's twenty two, twenty three years old. I'm saying right now, if Luca wins a championship I don't care about the MVP thing because I think it's sort of messed up anyway how they do the votes on that because that's hard to judge that. But if he wins a championship with the Mavericks in the next two or three years, we're going to have to have that discussion. And I love Dirk. Dirk is, to me, the greatest power forward of all time. But, yeah, we're going to have that discussion about Luka. And I know that Dirk has already signed off on Luka's greatness, so we'll just see if he's able to surpass it. Now, number three. On the WNBA side of things now, Arike Agunbawale will get her own signature shoe in the next two to three years. With it or quit it? I'm going to say quit it. And the reason why is because I don't think – I'm going to tell you why. 
I don't think Enrique would want. I she was tell you she would want her own signature shoe, but she likes to rock heat, and I can't imagine her being oh, forced yeah. to wear her own shoe. Like she loves wearing Kobe's, <laughs> she loves wearing right. certain shoes. I can't imagine her wearing her own team shoe. Now I hope she does get her own shoe. Nike, if you're listening, Under Arm, I know I actually somebody in here right now that works with one of these companies. We need a signature shoe for a WNBA player, seriously. Not just Candace Parker with Adidas, not that type of run. We need this to really happen. I need the Don Stanley Nikes back. I need I need Cheryl Swoops who had the first signature shoe for a female basketball player. I need that kind of vibe again. We need that. So I'm gonna say quit it, but the WNBA needs it. We need it. We need a W, man. We need it. We need women representation. They rock heat too, man. They they're just as great players just as the men as well. So they deserve it. Yes, sir. Yeah, I actually think we do have. Uh, I think I believe Natasha Cloud uh, yeah. is getting Converse. a shoe with Converse. Has got one, right? Yes. Yeah, she has so, a Converse. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a silhouette that's already out, and it's going to be like her own player exclusive. But I need a right. real shoe. Like Cheryl Swoops had. Cheryl and Candace actually had an actual yeah. shoe, not a yeah. not a silhouette that they did a PE for. I need a real shoe, like Don Staley. Like I want them to have their own shoe and where we can say because i'm telling you right now man one of these i don't care who it is if one of these ladies get a shoe man that that's that's bananas because i think personally women gonna have the better style taste to it and everything and the colors are gonna be bananas right. so yeah i think you gotta we i say quit it on fact of rike because i know she's gonna want to rock her own stuff like the kobe's and different things like that but i think she's well deserving of it but i just can't imagine her doing it all right and now for number four, this one is our question for the halftimers. Halftimers, we'll get to your results. This one is Mavs will have more than one all-star this season. With it or quit it, the halftimers, we got 19 votes on this poll. And halftimers say, nope, only Luka Doncic will be an all-star for the Dallas Mavericks in 2021. 2022, it's a 78% versus 21% vote differential. Just for the fun of it, say, Chris, what do you yeah. think? I'm going to say quit it because, unfortunately, the Western Conference is just unreal. Uh, right. KP is in the top. And then we, of course, we're talking about KP, right? Um, KP would be the yes. obvious choice. KP averages 20 and 9 last year in the Eastern Conference. He's an all star. By all means. Right. Um, he's in the Western Conference. Now, if it was just a free-for-all, the best, you know, whatever, 24 players, maybe so. But, yeah, yeah, it's going to be tough. KP has a lot of hate towards him that may not marry well. But I think if the Mavericks are a number one seed, possibly a number two seed, we could possibly see it. But I'm going to say quit it because, yeah, he's in the West. He, it's tough. Call it the town's going to have 24 and 15 probably on Minnesota and not even come close to being all star. So, yeah. Yeah, very fair point. It is tough. And, uh, yeah. It would be tough. Um, and we don't have any inkling that Tim Hardaway Jr. has a better chance to make an all-star team than KP, do we? Nah. If Tim, look, Tim would have to go average. I'm I'm serious. Tim would have to go average 25 to 30 points a game for that to happen. The Mavs yeah. are not very good. You know what? Luka's an anomaly anyway because even with Dirk, for years, Dirk got sort of slept on with the votes. Dirk could have been a starter every year in the All Star game, but he yeah. never was because he yeah. sat. He had to go. He was dealing with KG, who was more popular player, not the better player in my opinion, but the more popular player. You know, Tim Duncan was the was you know the best power forward. I mm-hmm. think he was a center, but playing power forward. But 
Mavericks have never had great history when it comes to these all-star votes and stuff. Now, Luka, Luka's a different thing. Luka's a superstar. Dirk, to my, my, my opinion, was a superstar to his own, but Luka's a superstar. Meaning Luka's like, he's showtime. So Luka's going to be there, but yeah, they're not giving that same energy. If Tim Hardaway, look, if Tim Hardaway, I'm saying this right now. If Tim Hardaway Jr. makes the All-Star team, and this is recorded, I will buy both of y'all copies of NBA 2K23 when it comes out. Oh, and oh wow. man, I'm about, to, I'm about to do everything I can to give Tim Hardaway Jr. the keys to be an All-Star. We're going to become <laughs> best friends. I'm going to show up to the game. I'm just like, I don't want to talk to anybody but Tim Hardaway Jr. I want, I want Chris to buy me 2K23. <laughs> man, see, I'm, I'm stacking the ballot. I'm going to rig this. I'm going to rig it. <laughs> I'm gonna, make, I'm gonna see if I can. Tim I'm gonna become a media voter for the NBA and get votes for Tim. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this right now: if Tim Hardaway makes the All Star team, that means the Mavericks are probably gonna win the championship. Oh, uh, if Tim Hardaway Jr. is an All Star, Mavericks are definitely a top two seed in the West. And yeah, probably gonna win a championship if he's going. That yeah, they're probably win a championship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's hey, go. I, this I definitely need to speak it into existence. Then I want a championship. <laughs> I'm fine with the championship. I don't even need the all-star stuff. All right. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the year you won a championship, I mean, you you, you had a friend. I mean, Dirk was an all-star, but you really didn't have, I mean, the other guys like that. I mean, they were former all-stars. I think Jess Kidd was like a year before that, and you didn't really have all the all-stars. So I don't think you really need to. You just – but if they are all-star, like, to me, either something happened or knock on wood, nobody's hurt. But if Tim Hardaway is an all-star, man, and I love Tim, but boy – Ooh, you need to take that to Vegas because if that actually yeah. happened, you probably would be a rich man doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Good chance. Now for last but not least, number five, LeBron James will get a fifth NBA championship before he retires with it or quit it. With it. Uh, Woo! Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, nah. I think look, look, man. I want the Mavericks to win a championship. Let's not get this twisted. I need to have a. I need to redeem myself for 2011. 2011, when they won a championship, I was dog sick, and I still went to parade. I was hanging out with Tyson Chandler during that time. That was a crazy. That was a crazy moment in my life. By the way, just to actually be a part of that in that parade situation. It was. I was. Chris I said miserable. I was bullying with Tyson Chandler and stuff. Nah, man, I was miserable. <laughs> I was miserable, man, because I was sick. I was sick, man. I was miserable, man. I couldn't really celebrate. Now I'm gonna make sure, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna be fully well. Hopefully, none of this this stuff is going on with all the you know the quarantine stuff. But man, I would love for us to have another repeat of a championship because we all a lot of a lot of people you know when the Mavs won in 2011, majority of the fan base were kids. They wouldn't celebrate like that. Like people you see on Twitter, these yeah. are kids. I'm shocked at how many when I go on these maps, like these MFL pages and stuff like this, these are eighteen year olds tweeting this stuff. Not the yeah, we, we were both in high school for the last championship. Yeah. Dude, I was a sophomore dude, in I high was, school. Man, <laughs> man, that was eleven years ago. So I was twenty five. Yeah, man. So I was in my I was in my young prime, I guess I could say then. So yeah, man, like it's um oh man, I would I would do I told somebody right now, outside of the Cowboys Obviously, win the Super Bowl, which would be insane in Dallas. We probably wouldn't be able to go outside. It'd be it'd be a riot. That probably burn down the whole city. Mavs winning the championship with Luca. Oh man, I'm gonna be the biggest noise talker in the world. 
I'm gonna all oh, uh, told you so. That I would I would turn off the nice hendo for that moment. Just like oh no, nah, I'm going crazy. But Luca, oh, we if Luca wins the championship next year, oh Luca's in my top. Yeah, I'm gonna hype this up. Luca's in my if they win a championship next year, I am putting Luca's one of the ten best basketball players I've ever seen in my life. Ever. Ooh, whoa. Okay. Ever. Okay. Dang. Ain't look, okay. man. Ain't look, man. We ain't never look. First off, we ain't gonna never look. LeBron. I, that's a better argument, but yeah, LeBron. <laughs> I got a personal opinion. I think LeBron and Jordan the one A one B. I don't like. I don't. I don't think it's just clear cut Michael Jordan. I think LeBron is Lily right there, and we LeBron did some great things in Cleveland, but boy, Luka winning the championship at age twenty three is insane. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't yeah. even know how to explain that. I don't even know how to explain that. Like, if you tell, especially considering if the West is what it is, and let's say the Lakers are healthy, let's say if the Lakers and Mavericks met in the Western Conference Finals, and Luka just balls out, and he gets them to the finals, and then he beats the Nets. Let's say Kyrie is back all of a sudden, and they beat the Nets on that big three. Luka is in a top ten player of all. I'm telling y'all, I am going to argue that. I don't care about. How quick it was! We have never seen this before. I argue that so, right now. Dirk has the greatest playoff let, run I've ever seen. But let's go ahead and pull that off. Let's go ahead and do a hypothetical. You know, Dirk, Dirk beat the Miami Heat big three. If Mavericks make the finals and they face the Nets and beat the Nets big three, is that a bigger big three upset than what Dirk did? No. Because no, nah, because Dirk beat those Lakers team. He beat that Lakers team that had Kobe and um, Gasol right. and guys, and then, and then he beat that Oklahoma City team. Which when we go back in history, yeah, they were young, but considering who all three of those players turned out to be, that's crazy to think about that. They they beat the Miami Heat. Now, if Luka goes out there, they beat Portland in the first round too, didn't they? Not they beat Brandon yeah, Roy was on this. Brandon Roy was unreal that series. Um, Brandon Roy was insane. Yeah. That series, so yeah, Dirk. To that, to me, the greatest playoff run in NBA history is Dirk Nowitzki in 2011. Well, we've never yeah. seen that before, where yeah. a guy that was a sole superstar of a team. I mean, Mike had Scotty, right? You know, LeBron yeah. had Wade. He had Bosh. LeBron had Kyrie for one of them. I mean, LeBron had a crazy one that, like in 2015, right when he was having tripped up in the finals when everybody was hurt, but. I had never seen anything like that because you couldn't look at the marriage. If you'd have told me the marriage would have won a championship that year, I would have laughed at you. You wouldn't have told me Tyson Chandler, Deshaun Stevenson, them guys walked up there and won a championship and they beat the Heat. Oh, no. No way. Dirk did the impossible. And Dirk, to me, had the greatest series I've ever seen from a player. Him, what he did to Serge Ibaka, Serge Ibaka should not be playing in the NBA right now. That was that was abuse. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm I done seen some guys, think, man. I done seen some women and men get manhandled on the court. What Dirk did to Ibaka in that series, that should go down. Dirk should be in jail for that. That was insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dirk is Serge Ibaka's father at this point. Man, that man had forty-five Ibaka. one game, and I, I was there for that. Look, Dirk wouldn't miss. Dirk was laughing like you had to be there. And like I told you, that was one of my prize moments covering that series, being at the game. When I tell y'all. It, it was almost like Kevin Durant and them saw Jesus when they saw Dirk. Like, Dirk was just un, that unstoppable. You couldn't do nothing about it. You just couldn't do nothing about it. It was just like Dirk, every play, he was just there. He was a threat. 
You couldn't do nothing about it. They tried everything. Ibaka's supposed to do – man, he dropped 40 on Ibaka's head one of them games, man. It was like, oh, no. And I know Perk, who says the craziest shit in the world, Perk will tell you this. Dirk was kicking their ass. And there's nothing they could yeah, do about it. Ibaka was an outstanding <laughs> defender in those young days, too. He was yeah, literally he nickname Ibaka. <laughs> well, he was getting – and look, man, I don't know getting, what was going on. Dirk, Dirk went to another level. Ibaka's putting on him. <laughs> I didn't even look. I thought they won a championship just because that series. Because look, they lost game one versus Miami. I was I was down. I ain't gonna lie to y'all, man. I was I was negative Nancy boy. I was like, oh, see, here we go again. We gotta play the Heat. They finna cheat. They finna do this. When they won game two, I remember like talking to a reporter that worked for Miami Herald at the time. He told me at the game the Mavericks gonna beat the Heat in the championship, and I laughed and I said, we'll see. When they won game three, I was like, oh, this team actually win. And, you know, just the fact that they won and, like, it, man, that whole crazy moment, man. that One of the greatest moments in sports history, in my opinion, because it sort of de- it defied that David Goliath thing. And it took yeah. Dirk Nowitzki, who I knew who was a Hall of Fame already. It solidified Dirk. Unfortunately, a championship has to solidify a player. But to me, Dirk did it the way that nobody else would probably ever do it again. I think Luka's probably going to do that. I don't think Luka would ever leave Dallas because Luka's just one of them guys he believes in loyalty, for real. Um, I think he's into that, um, into that mode. But what Dirk has done, Giannis is doing it now. But what Dirk is, what Dirk did was unreal because Dallas didn't do him no favors. They didn't build the right teams no. around him. They did him no favors. And he still stuck around, and he won that championship. To me – that Dallas Mavericks champion, and as a diehard Cowboys fan, that championship is bigger than any Cowboy championship I've seen. I've seen three of them. For sure. And that's uh, no. Anything from you, BJ? Last thought? I was, I was going to say, if we want to go back and revisit memory lane, I was going to say that 2011 NBA Finals, I thought it was over after game three because they were showing all the, the stats about teams that win series after if they're up two games to one if, in a best of seven after the two, first two are tied. And Dirk had, I think, had an off game in game three as we would come to find out that he was, you know, actually starting to get sick. And, and he played his lights out the next couple of games to give them the lead going into Miami for game six. And I just, you know, that's one of my favorite high school memories, if, if not the most favorite. So. Yeah, that was a, that was an all time moment, man. Like I said, just being, you had to be there, man. Like, even if you wasn't there, yeah. what we saw was history. And like I said, seeing Dirk run in the tunnel when they win and have his hands on his head, like I couldn't believe it because I never would have thought yeah. if you'd have told Hendo, at any point in his lifetime, especially growing up, watching the Mavericks having the roof for a team that won 11 games at one time, that we would win a championship, I would have laughed at you because we went through hell. And then 2006 didn't do me no favors. The NBA, no. I hated the NBA. I thought Dwayne Wade was, you know, crazy enough. Dwayne Wade <laughs> is actually another one of those guys that I ended up actually liking after I interviewed him, even though I hate him as a Mavericks fan, right? But I love the guy. Like, he's a great guy. I mean, outside of that, the outside of that, I ain't got no problem with him. I still think he only got two championships or whatever, but that's another story. But, yeah, I would have never thought we would have won a championship. And I tell people all the time, that is the greatest championship. To me, in the last decade, one of the best championships that we've seen runs ever. Because it wasn't a team that was supposed to be there. It, they were supposed to be there, man. And, like, Dirk put that team on his shoulders. Jason Terry showed up. I mean, Brian Cardinal was a key contributor. I mean, everything sort of went their way. Brandon Hayward hurts his back. And then Tyson Chandler steps up. 
Imagine if Brandon Haywood don't hurt his back. We probably would never saw Tyson Chandler. Yeah. So, I think I think that was the until until maybe Milwaukee. I think that was the last like non super team championship. It seemed to be well, the Milwaukee and, uh, thing, Yeah. I'll tell you what, man, and we talked about the greatness of the championship run for twenty eleven and Mavericks fans will never ever forget it. And most no. hold it dear as the best championship, no matter if Luca wins one, probably. But man, I'm not even gonna lie yeah. to you. And mainly because, you know, I'm back covering Mavericks again. That just if we no matter the path, you know, how we get there, if we get to the championship, to the finals, and we win the finals, and me and you both get to cover these games, my man, like it's just gonna that's gonna have to top it for me. Just just the fact that like we won it with this young player, our young star. He's eventually going to be the best Maverick, and we got to witness that firsthand, cover it, be there for it. It's, I know that would be – I know that's going to have to top it for me for sure if that were to nah, happen, you gonna have whether a it be Y'all this year or the next that, year. No, nah, man, that would be the – tell you what, there's nothing like a championship. Like, I've been lucky enough to cover, like, championship fights for boxing and, you know, go to these NBA finals. I've been to a couple of NBA finals outside of Mavericks. But when it's your team that you root for – it's a different energy because you're in that press box, man. You know how it is. You're in that press yeah. box. You can't be jumping <laughs> yeah. up and down. And you're sitting – like, imagine this, man. I'm sitting next to Dan Labatar. These – like, these are big-time reporters. And I'm, like, sitting there holding my breath, trying not to jump up and down. When Jason Terry, Nate, when he hits that shot in the corner, I'm there. I'm there for that. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it's going to happen. And, and I just, you know – as a fan, number one, I, I never will replace that man. That 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 was one of the greatest moments in my life. Like man, I look man. I done seen a lot of great things happen in sports, but seeing my favorite team that I grew up watching and my favorite player in Dirk, you know, I love LeBron. LeBron and Jordan are definitely my favorite players, but Dirk is like my favorite because I got a chance to see him more often and the person, and he finally got that monkey off his back that was undeserving. And, you know, the franchise didn't do him no favors, but just see all the people that got a chance to get a ring. You know, like I said, Mark did everything in his power. I know people don't like Mark Cuban, and a lot of people try to do this, but he's very passionate about winning. Let's not get it twisted. And and Mark, seeing his excitement for it, man, he, you know, seeing everybody on that team win a championship was crazy, man. And Jason Kidd coming back here after all those years and leaving the Mavericks on that weird situation and coming back and winning a championship as an old man, that was crazy. J.J. Burrell, everybody, man. So, yeah, I hope one day, man, we ain't going to be at the finals. Maybe it may be the WNBA when we're going to be sitting there. Oh, man, we got a wing. I'm going to tell him, man, I, if we get that good to where the wings are a championship caliber team, I'm going to tell Greg B about you need to get immediate championship rings. Figure it out. <laughs> Put me Burrell. on a payment plan. Oh, my God. Go I'm him. buying one. Go him into it, buddy. <laughs> you got it, bro. Um, yeah. And one one last quick thing for me, Hendo. Uh over under Mavs forty five wins this season. Over. I'm gonna say they get that. I say over too. I'm gonna say over because outside of like, well, I think Utah is gonna be a problem. Um, health, if they're healthy, but I don't trust the Lakers health wise. I do think they're gonna win the championship, but I don't trust their health because of age. A lot of games they're gonna sit out. This Mavs team should win over – I think they should win over 47 games. I think they're a 50-win team easily. Ooh. Okay. They got okay. they got that energy. They got that energy, so. man. Their energy is different. Um, to me, if you got Luka Doncic on your team, you're already a 45-win team. 
Yep. So there you go. Yep, that's the guy right there. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Chris Henderson, a.k.a. C. Hendo, a man of many talents, as we said. And you can catch him on social media at C underscore Hendo. That's S-E-E underscore H-E-N-D-O on Twitter. Get with him on all things lifestyle, sneakers, gaming, and sports. Y'all check out his YouTube where all that content goes down at. Man, Chris, my brother, it's been a joy having you on, and I appreciate you coming and joining us tonight. No, nah, man, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate both of y'all, man. I, th- I appreciate you guys having me on, man. Y'all keep on doing y'all thing, man. Like I said, I, I'm a fan. You know, Drew, I get to see you firsthand do all your stuff. I mean, you out here doing this football stuff, man. You, WNBA, you one of the pillars that nobody – I think you deserve your flowers even more for what you do for the WNBA. I know it's a lot of people that are trying to claim that they, you know, they cover the WNBA, but you really cover this sport, man. Like, when I come to those games because I cover other sports, and I'm everywhere – I come to those games and I get information from you, man, because you you sit there through the grind. You sit there through the rough days and you you know your stuff, man. Not just about the WNBA, but football, basketball, man. You you got it. And same thing for you as well, my brother. Like you y'all keep doing what y'all doing, man, because one day y'all gonna be the person that's getting interviewed, man. Y'all got this gift, man, and y'all y'all know y'all stuff, man. It's, it's sports is just not about knowing about the X's and those numbers. You got the personality to do it. And I salute both of y'all, man. And I hope to one day be looking on TV and I and I see y'all, man, because I'm going to be subscribed to everything that y'all do. So I appreciate y'all. That's high praise, my friend. High praise. Appreciate that a lot, my brother. And, guys, you can find this episode on the Leeds Podcast Network. Make sure you guys are following and you have it set to where you get those automatic downloads. So you can just get this episode as soon as it drops. Make sure you check out everything over there, guys. This has been the Lowdown Sports Show, where we get the lowdown on all things basketball. We'll see you next time.